Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what is up, everyone? Another episode of Tossing Clubs. Shout out to everyone who listened to that last episode and told me that I have a dog barking in the background. Yes, I do know that I have a dog barking in the background. Very unfortunate, but he's a puppy and I'm we're trying our best. Uh, joined by Zach, joined by Aaron. Uh, guys, how, I mean, how are you guys doing? Dude, what's the update? How's the like one week update on the puppy? I think we need to keep everyone on the podcast in the loop on his development. The pu- the puppy's growing, man. He's close to 20 pounds. We got him when he was about seven pounds about three weeks ago. He's he's a smart cookie. Uh, he's learning tricks pretty quickly, but sometimes he's also a devil. Uh, dude, sometimes I think when he's mad and when like, you know, I'm talking to you guys or I'm at work and I have to put him inside of his crate. He comes out. I know he's potty trained. Like I know he can go to the pads himself, but he'll just stare right in front of me and just pee on the hardwood. <laughs> and it's just mind blowing. Like why? Why? It's uh, definitely yeah. an alpha move right there. He's he's showing you who's boss. <laughs> yeah. Well, sounds like you haven't returned him yet, but I mean, that's I guess sounds like that could still be on the table. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, definitely uh, reconsidered my decision a few times. But no, no, I love him. Uh, and to the alpha comment, yeah, man, sometimes, you know how dogs make eye contact with you? Sometimes I have to break the eye contact. Like, I- oh, bro, never break, oh. never break. <laughs> you know what I'm First talking mistake. about, right? Oh, God. <laughs> They're like testing their boundaries. And then when you break the eye contact, you're like, oh, yep, you're the alpha. Yeah, man, I, uh, I just need to toughen up a little bit. But as fellow dog, uh, Zach, you're an owner. Aaron, you've fostered dogs before. Uh, man, what are uh, some tips that you have for me? Man, always have food on you. Always have treats. <laughs> uh, man, I didn't have a puppy. Like we we adopted our our dog when he was already a couple years old, so it was easy for us. Honestly, I don't I don't know. Pu- having a puppy sounds so hard. The biggest thing that I learned from like fostering, because a lot of times when I'm fostering, it's like, or when I guess mostly it's my roommate. Shout out to my roommate. But um, when we're fostering, they're at different stages of being potty trained. And one thing I learned about that is like, you may already know this, but you pretty much, you have to reinforce when they do it right, but you have to like uh, negative reinforce when they pee in the wrong place, but you have to do it like right away. Cause if you don't, they won't make the connection. Cause like, I remember the first dog that we had and I would get like so mad at him when he would like pee on the couch or whatever. But if you don't catch it right away, he has no idea like what is going on. He doesn't know why you're mad. So it's like at that point you just like uh, suck it up, clean it up. And you just have to like keep an eye on him at all times and like try your best to just catch him right away. If he's like taking a dump in the kitchen or something and just show him like, that's not what you got to do. 
Also, it's always your fault as a dog owner. You can't blame the dog. If he does something wrong, it's because your training's off. So I think that was something I learned pretty early on. And it's like, oh, shoot, like dog pissed in the kitchen. Like I should have trained him better. Should have got him outside faster. Mm-mm. Wise words. Well, right now the dog is in the crate in the other room. So I think I can hear him barking already. So if you do hear some of that background noise, I do apologize. But uh, we're, try, we're trying to work through this. Uh, this week, we have a hodgepodge of topics. Aaron, tell me what you want to talk about. I pretty much hit you guys up on Monday or Tuesday because I had the round of my life. So I wanted to start this off by asking you guys, uh, Frank, let's start with you. What is the lowest round that you've ever shot personally? Oh, it's got to be that. Is it 90 or 91 at Gamble Sands? Oh, nice. Yeah, that was 91 for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was solid. I And I re- remember that course. I remember, man, I felt like I could have gotten two extra strokes for sure. Uh, just... I mean, couldn't broke could have broke ninety for sure, but yeah, yeah, that's my answer. Dude, what better place to have like your PR than at Gamble Sands on a golf trip with the boys? Love that, Zach. What's your lowest round? Lowest eighteen hole round is uh, one over seventy three. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I've had a couple nine holes where I was even par, never gone under, but this was all many years ago when I was a bit better golfer back in high school. Yeah. So I actually said, wow, for a different reason, because I actually shot an even par 72 at Presidio. Presidio. Wow. It was the most, it was the most crazy, but also the most normal round of golf I've ever had and I'm like fully prepared to never hit that mark again (laughs) in my life it's I man it was crazy it almost felt like a dream but I I wanted to talk to you guys about it because I had some questions so I went out there twilight round by myself decided to walk it had just rained so it was I figured I'd get maybe like I, I figured I'd get like 12 or 13 holes in um but there was no one in front of me because it had just rained so i was moving pretty fast um but on the third hole i hit my drive right in the middle of the fairway and i was 65 yards out and i hit a shot and i had no warm-up time so i hit a shot and i was just off the green and i was like oh let me let me just take a take a mulligan on that see if i could hit the green from 65 yards out so i did and then i two-putted from there and i kept playing and whatever and then, you know, at the at the end of the round, it's my best round ever by a lot. And I'm like, shit, I took a mulligan on the third hole. But it wasn't like a shank. It was like oh, it, I was just off the green. Like how like how do you guys feel about mulligans in a PR round? Oh, I don't like I don't like where this is going, man. I completely agree. The the purists that are listening to this episode are going to have some issues, but like, I totally understand it from your point of view. You're just like, okay, third hole, whatever, like missed the green by a couple yards, probably still would have made par anyway, but oh God, I don't, I mean, I feel like you don't tell that story. (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) yeah, well here I I'm telling it here just to like put it out there at the risk of my 
at the risk of my own personal record being in jeopardy for the betterment of the Zach, podcast. Zach, if you make this a TikTok clip, dude, Aaron's going to get roasted. Oh, it would be bad on, on, uh, on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's like... I, but I know where you're coming from, Aaron, because like on that third hole, you're just like, whatever. You didn't know the subsequent however many holes you were going to shoot you know, at the end of the round and even par, right? Yeah. So yeah. I know why you took that mulligan, but man, that is an asterisk. You can't um just like throw this round out the door right it's like it was considerably better than yeah i think yeah. any other round that you've had i feel like your what previous low was around what 76 it, 77 it was 77 okay yeah so it's like even if you added a stroke with that mulligan it's like you're you still it's still a pr by a ton so yeah the the reason i feel somewhat okay is that I, I had walked up to the green and I was like, let me get some chipping practice. So I chipped it to like five feet. I could have made that putt. I could have missed that putt, but it was pretty close. And I picked it up from there because I was just trying to move on. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like I definitely could have made par there, but the world will never know. I feel like this is one of those where you just keep telling the same story for many, many years and eventually it will yeah. stick no matter well, what what did you put in the <laughs> handicap app i i put in a 72 so i counted that as a par i said i got a par on that hole so where's the where's the handicap now so it went from an 8.0 to a 6.8 big drop damn yeah looking good yeah so yeah that was cool i don't know that the other thing that that put an asterisk in my head but thinking more about it later i think this actually doesn't matter but i had jumped the group in front of me because there was a foursome that i caught up to at like hole eight or something and i was sick of waiting so then i i skipped hole 11 and and the way the layout is at presidio i knew i could come back to it so after i played 17 i went back and played 11 and really that shouldn't matter i played all the holes but you know, at, at the time I was like, man, does, is that a problem too? I played, I played the whole out of order, but I mean, whatever the pros play like the back nine first and then the front nine. Sometimes it, that doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think you could even play the front nine one day and the back nine the other day and count that as one round. Okay. Officially. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, so we're good on that then. It's really just that one redo shot on the third hole that it wasn't even necessary but you know whatever nonetheless that's a, a great round yeah no still a great round and i mean the thing that i wanted to like bring to this podcast is the fact that like that happened and i i'm like s still the same golfer like i still have never made a hole in one i still have never made an eagle all that happened is that i kept my misses like within play like i wasn't missing anything really by a lot all my bad shots were still pretty good and that was it so it didn't feel like a special round as i'm going out there it's like i'm hitting most of the shots i want to hit i'm still missing some shots but i kept everything bogey par birdie that was it pretty even keeled around and i felt like man that's how golf should be played like that's pretty crazy. Did you, did you play as a as a so, a single? I played a as a single, yeah. Do you feel like you play better as a single? I think I do. 
I think when I can really sit down and focus on every shot, I think I, I play better. Like I can execute a lot better when I'm distracted by other people, like socializing, drinking, like, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's not as good. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I mean, you you get into a rhythm a lot easier, at least I've found, because you're kind of just like hit, walk up, hit. You don't have to wait for people. Your round is like so much quicker. Uh, so yeah, I mean, some of my best rounds have been as a single. Yeah. I feel like I'm the same way. And I, I would also say I play better when there's no one that I know inside my group. So even if it's a foursome and it's a bunch of strangers, it's like, I already don't care, man. So I think I'm just more freed up that way too. It's not that major pressure of the uh, tossing clubs, folks. <laughs> wow. Bro, I, I can't handle that pressure. You know, I cookie crumble, dude. That's interesting because I think I might be the opposite. Like when it's people that I don't know, I feel a little more pressure. But it's if it's people that I already know that know my game, then it's like, whatever, they already know me. But yeah, in terms of like pace of play, I think that was huge because you guys know from playing with me, like if I have to sit and wait on the tee box, then my swing gets all messed up. I get all so I without having to wait, I played really well and I finished 18 in three hours and 15 minutes, which was amazing. Wow, that's incredible. I don't think I've ever played that fast on a public course. Is it like why is nobody playing right now? No what? I don't know that as another question I had is like is it winter golf right now but like I went out I went out um a couple days after just to play nine and there was also nobody there I finished nine in an hour and five minutes like I, I don't know what's happening but it goes from like before daylight savings it was like man five hour round or you can't even get a tea time now you just walk on twilight there's nobody there I don't know. So do you think all the COVID golfers are dropping like flies right now? They That could be it. Maybe they're like going to, I don't know, they're going to pickleball. They're going to some sort of indoor activity. <laughs> yeah, pickleball is a new shit, isn't it, Zach? It's very popular in Seattle. It's everywhere. It's like taking over every single tennis court. But yeah, maybe there's like some big reset happening. <laughs> you see that like all the tech companies, right? Layoffs, stocks going down. Maybe golf's just like hit its peak and it's it's coming down the other side oh dude i think so man i'll think about it. all those tech workers what are they doing they're not working at the office they're working from home they've probably gone golfing and their stocks going down they don't got that extra cash for those callaway clubs or those new you know tylus ts whatever drivers they're not down for that anymore they actually gotta work so i think it's uh it's you know it's, it's cyclical i'm sure uh we're on the downward uh, part of that cycle right now for golf which is good and bad the question is like is it is it a cycle thing or is it just the off season like we talked about a few episodes ago where people are just shifting their focus a little bit the pro tournaments aren't as big everyone's taking a little break in january february it kicks back up again oh i definitely think that's part of it i just think it's exacerbated by this cycle because like historically there were golf courses built in all of those housing uh gated communities right there were there was a golf course for every single community but then people weren't into it as much and then those golf courses had to shut down i just feel like there's no where to go but down from when it was back in early 2022 or you know late 2021 like how can you 
It's just like the stocks, dude. Nowhere to go. Like stocks. How to go down? <laughs> does golf just follow the market? Dude, I I bet you it does, man. The market's like a, a leading indicator <laughs> of where the golf industry's going. <laughs> well, that's great then. I mean, uh, less people on the golf course. Tee times are going to be less expensive, hopefully. A year from now, just hop out at like 12 o'clock on a weekend and no one will be on the golf course. <laughs> Even though we're trying to grow the game with this pod, we're trying to reach more golf fans. I think I think I personally want more golf fans, but also more golf yeah, courses. Definitely more golf courses. Okay. So speaking of growing the game, Live Golf. I, I wanna hear your guys' thoughts about Live Golf next year. I think they made the biggest splash, as big of a splash as they ever will this year, right? They got numerous big name signings it seemed like we were talking about them hearing about them throughout the course of the year what do you think is going to happen to them next year do you guys know i i don't know i should but do you guys know if any of the players are on like one year deals like is there going to be i don't some, think they share it no they're all like i don't i just don't think it's public yeah oh they don't share it okay like i'm curious if you know maybe like the bottom 10 or so or if there's any like turnover and there's new spots and then they're able to pull in bigger names because now live is a little bit less of that you know like the black sheep it's it's a little more common you know i feel like maybe some people some more people might be down to like kind of go over maybe or they might at least test the waters there's definitely a lot of talk about new folks going over some big names so i think that's probably what would happen early next year to kind of kick off their their season and then i think the most interesting part is going to be the majors like you have augusta in april and are they going to be allowed to play i think they are and i think that's going to be like the first big moment where you have this pga tour versus a live showdown you know cam smith and dj taking on like rory at the masters can you imagine like seeing that on sunday that would be super sweet I don't know. I think like generally it's probably going to stay pretty similar. Like you won't see a ton of people watching it, but they're still going to be talking about it. It's still going to be all over Twitter. And, you know, if Cam Smith can go out there and like win the Masters or something, like that's going to be huge for Liv. All right. Here's my thing with it, dude. It's again, I I occasionally check out YouTube sometimes. 20K watchers. How's that possible? Like, how is this? Big of an event. How does it only have 20K viewers? Uh, so, yeah, to me, it seems like, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. They have unlimited money, so they could do whatever the hell they want. They might, you know, sell it down the road or something. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to Augusta. It, you know, Augusta, the best major, sets the tone for everyone. You know, we had the British Open, Cam Smith versus Rory, but that was before Cam Smith officially went to live. And, you know, I... If it's anything like it was last year, then it should be fun to watch this year too. Yeah, I I miss watching those golfers like you know week in and week out. So I'm kind of excited for the majors. But you could still see Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith on YouTube. Why don't you? So I did another dive into it because one of my friends who uh, is a big golf fan was talking to me one week about like, oh, have you seen like. I could be butchering this, but like, oh, the aces and the whatever the team names are. And he was like, oh, I'm a fan of this team. And like, I hope this happens. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but um, I'm going to tune in a little bit and see. 
and I still just like couldn't get into it. It just seemed so like far fetched, like the teams and just like the the format and the way that something about the broadcast it just didn't feel like you know PGA Tour golf. Like it didn't feel like official. I don't know. It exposes me. It just doesn't feel very. I was gonna say it doesn't feel very authentic when you listen to it because the announcers are just so over the top. They're like required to say positive things about what's happening. And so just the commentary is, it's just like ridiculous at times. And so it just doesn't feel real. Yeah. I I think the part of it for me is uh, they don't do a good job of creating a story of making me want to cheer for anyone. Like sometimes during the majors or some, even the PGA tour events, you know, they'll like the latest one, they'll talk about Tony Finau and his family and how he struggled to win and now he's on a hot streak. But I think live golf is just shot after shot after shot. And I, I mean, you know, I thought I would like that at first, but it, I mean, I'm not really in tune with, you know, I really don't care about Cam Smith as much as I thought I did. Yeah, it's like you're not as invested. You just flip it on, watch some cool golf shots, and then flip it off. But I do want to ask you guys, hey, so. Aaron, your latest round was at Presidio. Zach, have you been playing at all, dude? And tell us where you're calling in from, no. dude. <laughs> well, I haven't been playing. As you guys know, it rains a lot in Seattle. Also, I just feel like I've been busy with a, a lot of other things, holidays, work, stuff like that, and making it to the golf course has been difficult. But I am currently in uh, the greatest golf mecca in the entire world. I'm in Monterey County home of pebble beach cypress point spyglass hill among many other courses i have not played any golf but um i am i am in town and did we tell everyone that you are now engaged is it, did we did we ever reveal that dude i mean honestly i haven't even told some of my friends so <laughs> i don't think it's made it to the <laughs> podcast i mean aaron got like a late text because i was just i don't know <laughs> i've been uh bad at uh i feel like i've only told people if they've asked or I ran into them in person. So, but yeah, that happened. Hey, congrats, man. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, big, big, uh, big wedding next year. <laughs> I'll have to play some golf to celebrate. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to most. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to ask you, where would you want to play for your bachelor party, for example? Dude, it'd be fun to go out to Scottsdale, play a bunch of courses. I don't think we need to do anything fancy like go to Bandon and that's just too expensive. But uh, Scottsdale sounds warm for early in the year. Some fun courses out there. I don't know. I'll think about it. And a good bachelor party town so you can do both. <laughs> yeah. Or you go to Florida, play all those, those courses. Oh, uh, yeah. Bachelor party in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Have you guys... Like, speaking of not being able to play, like, because of the weather or just the dog, like, I've been thinking a little bit because for me, the limitation is, like, the daylight, because usually I'm playing, like, twilight, but now the sun sets so freaking early before 5 p.m., so I've been thinking about getting a little bit more into, like, like golf related fitness because especially after I just walked those 18 holes at Presidio, like my back was hurting for a couple days after that, carrying my bags and just like, I mean, hitting bombs, like it's not easy on your back. So 
I, I don't know, like, have you guys done any, like, golf fitness or kind of ventured into that just for your own golf game? Uh, a, a little bit, actually. Um, I've, like, finally rejoined the gym uh, up in Seattle. Um, got sick of the at-home stuff, which I was just, like, never doing, and going to the gym was a lot more motivating. But, like, part of this gym is, like, they set you up with a trainer just for joining. And so you meet this guy, like, once a month. And I told him I was a golfer and he was also a golfer. And so he's like, set me up with these workouts that work certain parts of my body that are important for golf. And I'm doing like certain like pulls with weights that like mirror or mimic a golf swing. And so, uh, yeah, basically because I can't go out on the course, it's too wet. Just using the off season here to get stronger. And then hopefully that'll translate to somehow hitting the ball straighter, which I don't think that's going to work, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's the plan for the, the next couple of months. Uh, here's a pretty common thing, yeah, especially in the Midwest or like the northern parts of the U.S. or really anywhere else but California, uh, where it's, you know, golf season all year long, that people do take the off season to either work on their putting or, you know, work on their golf fitness, uh, Man, unfortunately, I have not. I've just been doing just general stuff to keep me in shape, right? So I'm a I'm a fan of berries. All right, shout out to berries. Shout out to class pass. Uh, they're not golf specific exercises, but I mean just general stuff. I feel like cardio. It just feel like running. Like walking 18 is equivalent of walking what like close to five miles or something. Four four miles, five miles, uh, up and hill or down a hill, and it's just. Uh, it's tiring. It's definitely tiring, especially when you're carrying a bag. So just stuff like, you know, running. Uh, I think I'm not doing everything I can, but I don't think I'm doing absolutely nothing. But now that you guys are talking about having a whole personal trainer, maybe I'll like step on the gas a little bit. Jesus. I feel like after getting destroyed by our New York golf trip, like that three days really beat up my, my body and uh can't have that happening for 2023 so gotta get into shape yeah use the off season like bryson come back just stronger faster bigger quick golf and just enter long drive contest <laughs> actually i mean bryson came back and then he just like sucked right kind of i mean i guess he won like the u.s open in there but he didn't i feel like he lost a lot of his feel well, I think he was like back then during that year, was it 2020? He was like the best thing since sliced bread and he was like leading the charge of just getting distance. And yeah, now he like went, like, I don't even care about him on, on live. Like, he can't even win on live. I think he's a YouTuber now. Yeah. I mean, he's probably making more, well, not more money, but he's making plenty of money doing that. But yeah, you, you he can't hit a fairway. He, he's just hitting it, you know, he'll hit it 350, 375, but it's, literally just no control yeah that's the balance of golf distance versus accuracy how do you get to play so much aaron i'm always impressed by how often you're at the golf course with as busy a schedule as you have it's the it's the er, the work schedule that's what i'm saying about twilight like because i work i start work earlier than you guys and so i finish work earlier and so like during the summer and even into the fall i get like i get time before like after work before dinner where i can just wander out play a twilight round um and i mean i try to get out on weekends but 
if I really look at it, I'm probably playing a weekend round like once a month or something. But I mean, I've also talked about those like tournaments, you know, that like my my suppliers or my uh, clients will host and just like people that I know, you know, hosting something. I mean, we just went out, took a day off for our friend Miggy's birthday and played Yocha. It seems like it seems like just being involved more and more in like my own golf network there's just a lot of opportunities to play golf and I just, it's kind of, I I've made it a priority because I love it so much, but like, I, I think, I think now that the sun is setting earlier, I'm not going to be able to play nearly as much. Yeah. And then just wait until you get a dog. Oh, bro, it's over. And wait till you get married. <laughs> it's even more over, dude. Dude, I know I've got, I, don't let my girlfriend listen to this. But in all seriousness, what I was about to say is, yeah, I think the golfing community, what I really like about it is you could play with a stranger one day and he could hit you up to play another round the next week. And I think that's happened to me multiple times. Uh, I don't know what it is about golf. It's just like, I guess when you spend four or five hours with someone, you get an opportunity to really click with them. So, yeah, you know, I didn't really know Miggy, but, you know, I became better friends with him through golf. You know, I met someone at uh, at Poplar who listened to this pod or saw one of our TikTok clips, and now you know I'm playing with him. And really, it's just a excellent medium to meet people. <laughs> like, if you move to a city, you go golfing, you'll probably meet people. I was just gonna say I've made it an effort. Like ever since ever since about summer when we were like really comfortable with this podcast, and we were really like putting out a lot of content on TikTok and I feel like my life was like it was like golf 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 and I started to go out and play and if there was anyone in my group that I didn't know I would make an effort to like get their number by the end of the round and whether I hit them up or not you know like just like getting adding more and more people to my golf network has been cool because i'll get texts from people like like you said i'll get texts from people a couple weeks later or whatever like yo i got this tea time at presidio you want to come join and most of the time because i got a busy schedule i say no but sometimes i say yes and it's it's cool to just have these opportunities to play make new golf friends that are like kind of lasting lasting connections because we'll hit each other up every once in a while and play golf again yeah and if you want to play a country club but you don't want to pay the dues like I'm sure you'll find someone that plays that's a member at some country club, right? Yeah, yeah. So I actually, when I played Presidio, uh, the time before I just played on Monday, I played by myself again, but I got matched up with one person, and he was a member at Olympic Club. And I was, oh man, I was trying to work that and get an invite to Olympic Club, but he was definitely playing hard to get, and it didn't happen but i mean why is he playing presidio so that's what i was asking him and he because i guess they have different levels of memberships at olympic club and so the one that he has he has to pay every time he plays and i guess they're currently going through a bit of a renovation on one of the courses and so he goes out and plays olympic club still like every couple weeks or something but he's been switching it up with presidio um and yeah, I, th- I think he said, like, Presidio is better than Harding, so he'd rather come up to Presidio than go to Harding. 
Um, but I was like, man, if you got Olympic club, but if you think about it, it, even if you're a member at a country club, as much as you're paying, like it's still just the same one course or the same two courses over and over. Like you probably want to change it up. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I, I met people at Berkeley country club, shout Shibata, Richmond country club, shout Irwin, TPC Stonebridge, shout Derek, uh, sh- you know, Olympic club, shout that guy at Delica. Like, I mean, met people everywhere who are part of clubs and they just love golf. And I think people who love golf love people who love golf. So um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, because it's, it's a life that, you know, I never thought I would be able, you know, walk in a country club, but it's pretty cool. All right. Well, then let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Dan, we definitely got to get a round together. Shibata, I know you're listening, dude. Hit us up. All right. <laughs> we got to play that 2v2 scramble. Uh, and without further ado, you know, thank you guys again. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time.